This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where each week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week we'll be speaking with Vex Ruby and Shift D of Viro Live Studio. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce the launch of our new website, Adult Site Broker 3.0, at adultsitebroker.com. The look and feel of the new site is nice and up-to-date and easier to navigate. The new site also has links to our affiliate program, ASB Cash, and our new blog. Speaking of ASB Cash, we've doubled our affiliate payouts. That's right. Now when you refer sellers or buyers to us at Adult Site Broker, you're going to receive 20% of our broker commission on any and all sales that result from that referral for life. You can either place a link to us on your site or refer buyers and sellers through an email introduction. ASB Cash is the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. Check out asbcash.com for more details and to sign up. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're proud to offer an amazing opportunity. If you're in the CAMS, model management, or fan site space, or want to get into them, we have a private listing that may be just right for you. This company works with all major CAM sites and has access to hundreds of U.S.-based models. We're offering very limited information at the seller's request in order to maintain privacy. We anticipate multiple offers for this very rare listing. For more information, contact us at adultsitebroker.com. Now time for this week's interview. My guests today on Adult Site Broker Talk are Vex Ruby and Shift D of Viro Play Space. Vex and Shift, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Oh yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure. Now, Vex Ruby is the world's first advanced virtual cam performer and is the spokeswoman for Viral Play Space, an adult haptics-driven VR social space. Vex is powered by Viro Live Studio, the only software to integrate body tracking, haptic teledildonics, and campsite API, allowing anyone on Earth to perform as an adult virtual avatar. Vex is a real live person, as you can hear, who streams as an avatar using motion capture. Shift D is the founder and creative director of Viral Playspace and Viral Live Studio. He specialized in animation and special effects at a AAA game studio for a decade until his lifelong passion for VR prompted him to go out on his own as an indie developer. The company developed a number of tools to handle Vex's body tracking, facial tracking, voice capture, campsite integration, and many adult haptic toys so she can integrate or rather interact with her audience who love her playful perviness. She's been doing this live stream for a little over two years now. The company wants to make Vex's style of live streaming accessible to anyone interested in trying it, which is why they package those in-house tools into what is now Viral Live Studio. Let's start out with who is Vex Ruby? Well, I am known for, like you said, being the world's most advanced virtual cam performer and the ambassador for Vero Live Studio. I think that the thing that I am most well known for is, like you said, being very interactive with my audience. Mm -hmm. I would say the absolute best part of the work that I do is because that I have all these... um, opportunities to take a more playful approach to camming 
it attracts people that have that same playful spirit, that have that same mm-hmm. want for safety and privacy and consent. Mm-hmm. I have the most amazing community, and that's what Vex Ruby is most known for. Okay. So where do you perform online? Uh, the two main platforms that I perform on are Chatterbait and Cam4. Hopefully one day, though, we would like to be able to stream directly from Vero Play Space. Yeah, we're looking into streaming directly from Vero Live Studio into Vero Play Space so people with VR can actually be part of the audience and part of the experience instead of uh, just watching a video. Hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. So how did you get started doing this, Vex? Um, well, about, oh goodness, 2016. So about six years ago, um, I was with the Vero Play Space team mm-hmm. uh, doing pre-recorded experiences that you can actually find on Vero Play Space, which is on Steam. Mm-hmm. Um However, we saw a place for using all these really cool toys that we have here, the high-level motion capture, all the talent we have on the team, uh, to start doing a live stream. And I am so, so glad we did. A shift. How did you get from the point of development to where you are now? I had a passion for animation and special effects. Uh, so when we, uh, when I left the AAA studio that I worked at. Um, I went into virtual reality because that was also a passion of mine. Uh, and it was just combining these two worlds together, making motion capture based uh, virtual reality experiences. Uh, and then we saw an opportunity to bring this to the adult industry in the way we thought would be a little more our style, which is um, like Vex was mentioning, um, sexy and silly. And so when we took the technology and boiled it down to the core components so we can make it live. That's when things really started to accelerate because it's one thing to record a performance. It's another thing to do all of this stuff on the fly. Oh yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. So you can interact with everybody. And we had a great time over those, the last two years and like, you know what, we should bring this to everybody. And so Boiling all of that technology down to something that you can get off the shelf was uh, our goal. And uh, that's why we released uh, Vero Live Studio. So talk about the development process of, of reaching the point you're at where you can make this available to everyone. I mean, what, go, what goes into that process? What, talk, talk about that because I'm, I'm interested in hearing about it. It's really uh, going to the fundamentals of what makes motion capture work. We have a very advanced motion capture system here that tracks all these little dots on a suit. You, you see them mm-hmm. in like behind the scenes footage of movies and such. Yeah. Um, but it's just tra- tracking a point. And with VR technology, the way it is expanding and becoming more and more accessible, at the fundamental level, it's doing the same thing. It's tracking points on a controller or tracking points on an object. And so we take that data and we uh, do a lot of math (laughs) and we fill in all the blanks for the uh, motion that might not be captured. So there are only so many ways you can bend an elbow or bend a knee and such. And so we don't necessarily need to have tracking points specifically on those things to know exactly uh, where they should be. Being able to bring that higher level motion capture, facial capture and stuff, 
to something a lot more tangible has been an incredible process. I also have to give props to Apple because they released uh, Face ID, which is an incredible face tracking technology in itself. So sure. us being able to just say, hey, use an iPhone, now you have uh, ungodly levels of face tracking that wasn't available uh, like seven years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, so they the, can and, so they can actually use they can actually use their iPhone to perform because of the face tracking. Yeah, so we developed a side app called Vero uh, Face Portal, which mm-hmm. captures facial expressions, captures your voice, and how you move your head. Uh, so when you are performing with full body, your face. Every single facial expression is captured with it. You can even stick out your tongue and the avatar does the same thing. It's incredible. Which I'm sure Vex does a lot. Oh, yes. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And what's more, um, we even have the uh, face cap rig that I use on stream available on the website. We spent, oh my gosh, pretty much the whole past two years that I've been streaming developing the Vex Helm. Mm. Yeah, one of the key problems with having a uh, a phone attached to your head is uh, the rigs out there are like $1,600, and they essentially put the phone in front of your face, Ow. and that causes a lot of torque to your neck. And, mm-hmm. and so we developed a, uh, a a helmet for like 150 bucks where you, you slide it in the slot above your head. It's much easier to have a phone on top of your head instead of in front. It's, it's like the difference of holding a jug of milk at arm's length or up close, you know. Here's one so thing. Much I, better. Here's one thing I don't understand, though. You you were talking about the um, <clears throat> the uh, the suit you wear and the rig and everything else. How is someone elsewhere able to perform if they don't have all that? So if they have, um, say, for instance, a HTC Vive or a Valve Index, these are VR setups. You can get what's called a little tracker and you put that tracker on your shoe on each shoe and one on the center of your chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, And with those three points of data, we're able to tell which way your hips are bent, which ways your knees are bending, how Mm. your ankles are moved, all of that stuff. Uh, And VR already tracks controllers for your hands. So we've got that covered. And if you're wearing a headset, we know exactly where your head is. If you're mm-hmm. wearing one of these uh, VEX helmets with the iPhone, we get the same data from that as well. So with, um, let's see, three trackers, two controllers, that's five. So with six points of data, we're able to make an entire uh, human skeleton to animate. Interesting. Interesting. So VEX, do people really get off on animated characters and cartoons? Absolutely. And the and the funny thing is, especially when Lootubers, as we call ourselves, started to really take off, there was some worry among the camming community of it being something that undermined traditional camming. And that's that's not the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people that I would consider my regulars are are coming to these camming platforms specifically to see virtual cam girls. Okay. A little background on that. The number one search term on Pornhub is hentai, which is Japanese animation content. Sure. But the extra sauce that we uh, put in our software is teledildonics control. So when Vex in her virtual space sits on something that 
uh, enters her, the deeper it goes, the more her actual toy vibrates. Hmm. And so all the facial expressions and reactions and things are genuine. And we capture every bit of that uh, for the performance. Interesting. So well, and the connection there is that the same people who are going on Pornhub and looking up specifically hentai aren't going to be re- really going on Pornhub and looking up like IRL performers. Sure. They aren't going to be going on a camming platform and looking up traditional cam models. They're going to be looking up the lewd doobers. Yeah. No, that makes that makes complete sense. I I do know that hentai is very, very popular. Um, it's called hentai and it's an art. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's very popular in Japan, I know. Do you, are, are you getting a lot of traffic from Japan? We see some traffic from Japan. Uh, most of the analytics we get are for like our applications and experiences. And uh, there are some sales there. Most of the, what we see is in the United States and in the UK region. But uh, the VTuber community over in Japan is very, very large. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not really any tools to do what Vex does. Mm-hmm. The other performers out there are cobbling together whatever they can, um, which is why we decided to make the app in the first place. Okay. Wrapping it up all in a nice, neat little package. Indeed. So Vex, what's different about camming as an avatar than than regular camming? Oh, goodness. So many things. I can't take for granted for one, that people necessarily understand what's going on. For for example, I, the number one thing people will say who haven't seen my show before when they come in, <laughs> I see it all the time. They literally say WTF, like what the fuck? And whereas a traditional cam girl wouldn't have to explain, oh, well, here's how I work. Here's how you play with me. I kind of have to do that. I cannot take for granted that somebody automatically understands what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things we see is, oh, this is a pre-recording or a cartoon. But uh, Vex generally greets people as they come in and they're like, what? This person just greeted me and they're moving and they're, they're, there's feedback to that. And so uh, <laughs> it's, it's always fun to see that, that, that moment of it clicks. This person is actually live and not a pre-recording. Well, and in the performance part of that, like making a point of, greeting the people that come in by name for the sake of showing, no, this is not a pre-recorded right. thing going on. So Vax, why VR instead of live camming when you could be doing regular live camming? I mean, I could, but I have so many cool things that I can do on stream that I wouldn't be able to. Like, Tell me about it. With a snap of a finger practically, or rather a push of a button, I can go from being on a a pirate ship to being in my space lab scene. I can wear several different outfits all throughout my stream. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't take much time at all. I mean, and I got to admit, it's pretty cool to be able to essentially cam in a tank top and yoga pants and no makeup, (laughs) but still look pretty awesome. That's true. We have... Uh, an interesting way of interacting with people because we have this technology. So like, for instance, every time somebody tips a token, it, it rains a little bit. And hmm. when that, when that um, rain hits Vex's clothing, um, it melts a little bit. So there's this oh, cool. almost uh, incentive for everybody to just make it rain, make it rain. And it literally <laughs> bit by bit, the clothes come down, but it also like, we, we believe that safety promotes expression. And mm. so that's another 
uh, a big thing because Vex is able to really just be herself and not have to worry about, like you said, yoga pants, you can, and no makeup and stuff like that. You can just focus on expressing yourself at the moment and being really connected with the people. Sure. So, so Vex, have there been any, I don't know, negatives, downsides to this? Yes, but I, I tend to do one of two things, either write it off as they just really don't understand what's going on. Well, in what, in what, uh, in what uh, respect? Well, they think that, for example, that I'm trying to skirt around the rules of the campsite by doing something pre-recorded, or who is? That- who is? Oh, just people who come in as uh, viewers. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Got it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> when you said they, yeah. Okay, and how do you handle that? By explaining, just I have this little elevator speech um, about <laughs> what exactly it is that they're seeing. Also a way that um, I can deal with the negativity on on the rare occasion that it even happens. Most people yeah. are too, really too busy having a good time to uh, want to do that. But right. the most you can do, whether you're a virtual performer or a traditional camp performer, mm-hmm. make a big joke about it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Crack I- it right back at them. <laughs> we, we make sure that. Vex's stream is like this is her space and everybody's welcome to join in on the fun and interactivity but Vex is in control and so if somebody's coming in here to just like wreck the place that's what the moderator tools are good for but surprisingly we haven't seen that really Hmm. not that's why it's kind of hard to answer because much to our surprise, everybody has been very supportive and 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 happy and and positive, and we didn't expect that in this corner of the adult industry. Well, I would right, imagine those very same people ahead, who come in and are like, "Oh my gosh, what the hell is this?" <laughs> Once I give that speech and I I turn on all of my um, vexy charms, I've converted <laughs> so many people, and it's <laughs> yes. just so fun to watch. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I I mean, I guess if everyone else is having fun and there's one asshole, that isn't going to really go over very well, right? Yeah, they're they're the one that's going to be seen as the party pooper. <laughs> Big time. So tell me about the reactions you get from those who've never seen anything like this before. You kind of alluded to it, but get into a little more detail. You want me to uh, start with this one? Yeah. So uh, half the time we get people who are fascinated by the uh, production value as we've seen it. And so they're like, you can change clothes. You can change scenes. You're doing all of this in real time. This is incredible. The production values are off the roof. And we get all the other people in there who have been there for a while saying, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. (laughs) We have a whole. You're probably uh, you're probably getting a lot of fellow engineers in there. (laughs) yeah i I, I can sense that yeah Yeah. every now and then we get somebody who's also an animator and like holy crap this is top shelf stuff i'm like uh yeah thank you (laughs) thank you thank you very much uh but um but yeah that's that's from the tech side of things but uh when it comes to the adult side when somebody's just there to see something naughty and they see this girl being silly and fun when somebody tips and actually activates her toys or some Thing, like I'll activate something uh, and you'll see it on screen and her facial uh, expression changes. There's this contrast. There's this magic moment where it goes from silly to extremely erotic uh, mm. that a lot of people 
uh, react to. And so Vex has this saying, it's like, the three things you want. Oh, yes. The three things that I have as goals on my stream. Make you come, make you laugh, make you feel safe. And you actually brought up a good point, Shift. Um, I mentioned not being able to take it for granted that people understand right off the bat what's going on. I, mm-hmm. I do specifically explain to people who are new that I have real toys on my real body. <laughs> and when they tip, they do get activated. And so all of my reactions are totally real. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes when she's giving that speech, I activate toys in the middle. So her voice just changes and she's trying to hold her composure. And <laughs> that's, the, that's the fun side. You guys they must be fun. You guys cool. must be fun at parties, the two of you. Um, <laughs> it's hard to move all the motion capture equipment though. <laughs> I guess, I guess. And, and Vex, Vex, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the reactions that, uh, that you get from, uh, people who have never seen it before. My favorite reactions are when I have other performers come in and they are either interested in converting to from uh, more traditional camming to lewd tubing or even people who are already doing the lewd tubing gig, but they're super impressed and they want to collab mm-hmm. with me. They want to they yeah. be a part of it. That's, sure. Those are always my favorite reactions. That's nice. Now, Vex... Talk about working, which this is really kind of unusual in adult. Talk about working with a startup and how that's been. With a startup, you have to really believe in the message and the values Mm. that the company is trying to present. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, obviously, a startup's not going to be able to give you a fat paycheck, right? Right. And I think that's the biggest thing is... Whether or not we started out, or even at this point, really, mm-hmm. <laughs> with a ton of money, I think that our values and our content will speak for itself. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's, uh, that's how startups get big. How do your fans typically find out about you? Hmm. Yeah, this is one of those things where we could really use a marketing department. Yo. <laughs> Most of the time we find people just stumbling in our uh, streams. Yeah. Uh, that or they stumble in uh, across our app in Steam itself. And we try to cross promote wherever we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as that goes, we we have an aggregator site called ludetube.com. And what it does right. is it highlights um, which ludetubers are performing um, at that moment and when the last time they were on, it, it's, it just is basically a directory. Um, and so we've seen some level of success there where people are coming in and, and discovering us. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's mostly just happen surfing the web and finding a Vex, you know. Pretty much. Are, are there a lot of other performers doing this? We're, we're at about, what, 30, 35? Something like that. Uh, but there's only a handful of uh, loot tubers who are really pushing the envelope um, and and even fewer still that are managing to keep any level of following and things like it's a it's a really difficult world out there because mm-hmm. um, most of them are like I mentioned earlier cobbling together whatever they can mm-hmm. and uh, there, there isn't much out there to help them uh, perform this way. So that's true. They do need, they do need some equipment. Yeah. They need some equipment. They need some software. They need the tools. And 
that's why we wanted to enable everybody because we say Vex Ruby is the most uh, the world's most advanced lewd tuber. We say that because at the moment that's absolutely true by a long shot because we're we're lucky that we have the expertise and the knowledge on how to use all of this motion capture equipment and stuff. Mm. And this is definitely not something we expect everybody else to just, Oh, I'm going to invest $80,000 on motion (laughs) capture cameras and whatever. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where going through LudeTube and helping out all these other performers uh, raise that bar to something that anybody else can connect to because that's where the magic is, is the viewers connecting with the performers. Right. And if there's just too much interference in how they move and how they react, then th- that connection is lost. Well, immersion is- break. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What? Oh, I was saying that it, it creates a bit of an immersion break. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the other thing about there being so few uh people in the loot tubing community is that we all find ourselves on the same page because there's so few of us. We mm-hmm. all want to see this be a more normalized way of performing. Sure. Our all of our goal is to see someday that people can pop onto one of our pages and know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. And the more people that are doing this, the more we have a chance to collab with others. Right. Right. Be able to play with. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, I mean, shift, how do you gain critical mass as far as the performers go? It's a good question. Um, if I find an answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, the thing is the first thing we put all of our energy on was making sure that the facial expressions mm-hmm. um, came through. And then all the other things that I stare at in the adult industry. So we got to get the physics right. And we, and that's mm-hmm. all the way down. And so finding that point where that, that, that spot where everybody is able to just not think about it when they can, I want to do this. Here's what I need to do. And there are many different uh, combinations of hardware and things you can use right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, low budget or, or much more pro there should be a solution that you don't have to be a unity developer or C sharp programmer or any of these things. We want somebody who has nearly no computer knowledge to be Mm -hmm. able to be able to do this. And when we start seeing other performers who are uh, able to do that, that's when I know we've, we've hit a really good spot. Mm -hmm. So Vex, what advice do you have for a cam model considering getting into viral play space? How do they get started? The first thing I would say is do it, do it. (laughs) Um, Secondly, it is so, so important um, for anyone doing any type of camming to have a support network with other cam models, Mm -hmm. specifically for cross-promoting, doing shout-for-shouts on social media. But that is even more so because, like I said, we're still such a small community. That's even more important to have the connections in like different lewd tuber spaces, like on Discord and on OnlyFans and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely get Vero Live Studio. That's really the only game in town right now. Yeah. So Vex, what do you enjoy the most about what you do? Besides, besides being able to to work in your yoga pants. Hmm. I think the best thing about the way that I approach camming is that I make people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with their sexuality. 
I don't take anything too seriously. I get to be silly because I'm a cartoon. <laughs> True. You never you never saw Fred Flintstone get uh, get too serious, right? No. I get to be more myself than I would be if I was to cam as my uh, meat space self. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because that brings out this really authentic side of me, it helps other people let their guard down as well. Sure. Makes sense. You kind of alluded to it earlier. Should real cam performers feel at all threatened by virtual cam performers? Oh, absolutely not. Because like I said, it's it's two very, very different audiences, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and there might be some cross interests, obviously, but uh, there's no way that we would ever replace um, oh, no. live, uh, or as you put it, meat space. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just a an addition to the adult industry, not a replacement. And um, for that, I am grateful because uh, if we were to try to steer sexuality in any way by re- um, replacing other performers or outperforming other performers or however that goes. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a, a tragedy in a way because it's finding yourself and exploring and discovery and sexuality that uh, makes it interesting. And that comfort that you had mentioned, Vex, is, mm-hmm. is key to that, being okay with being interested in this and, and that and such. Yeah, we're looking to expand the variety in the Kami community, not diminish, for sure. Well, that makes sense. So how much control, Vex, do you have over your avatar? Control as in like how she moves or? Yeah, like I, the- mean, I mean, how, how much control do you have overall on what she does, how she, how she performs? Well, as far as the movements go, it mimics exactly what I am doing with my actual body in real life, like pretty right. much 100%. Right. Um, as for the character design, I was definitely a, a part of creating it. Yeah, I mean, she's tracked from head to toe, so every little subtle motion uh, is is captured and conveyed. Um, and there's some magic there where you can see the leg quiver when you're. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> much to my chagrin. Or when you're trying, when you're embarrassed about something, or you're trying to mimic something, all of that comes through. It's incredible. It's it's a, it's yeah. a very interesting experience. As far as control goes, every now and then we'll surprise her with a new outfit or something so we can get that genuine reaction. This is Vex's room. This is Vex's space, and uh, she runs the show. So she has absolute control over how she moves, what, who she interacts with, how she interacts. This Nothing is scripted by or or predetermined by any no means. No way. <laughs> I, can, is, is I cannot act. It would not work if we tried to do that. And... Yes, I'm presenting as an avatar. That's what people see. Mm-hmm. But it is my actual body that they interact with um, when they send tokens to like activate my toys, for example. And everyone in the studio and all of my viewers on the cam shows are very respectful of that. Mm-hmm. So and they give, me, they give me control accordingly. <laughs> that's good. So what's the biggest challenge of, of doing all this in VR? I would say right now is cost, mainly because we've had the chip shortage and things along those lines. It can be a little bit difficult to find even the VR equipment. So you can, this is why when we were developing the software, we wanted it to work with as little as possible to just get Mm. your performance out the door. So you can do something with just 
a microphone, for instance, and we do lip sync with that. Hmm. But the more and more you want to get into this so you can say, okay, now I want head tracking. So get an iPhone or I want upper body tracking. So get an Oculus Quest 2 and a couple of controllers. I want to go all in. So now you you get some trackers and and things like that. So it's really up to the individual how far they want to get into this, how much they want to capture. But right now I would say the cost of it, even though it's not the Hollywood level like motion tracking system, VR is still at a point where it's it's a, an expensive thing to just invest in. It's not a household item yet. Yeah, not quite. It's not like a toaster. <laughs> yeah, and let's talk a little bit about that shift because VR was introduced to the adult space, I'd say probably six or seven years ago now. And yes. I mean, I think everyone kind of expected that the the hardware would have had advanced further in terms of being in people's homes. Don't you agree with that? Yeah. One of the things that I uh, noticed during that transition was the hardware was getting better, but the killer app wasn't there. And so hmm. you have to take a whole other uh, approach when developing for VR. It has to be for VR from the ground up, you can't just tack VR onto something or you're going to make a bunch of people uncomfortable. Right. And so it was this conflict of existing content that people like versus uh, new content specifically made for VR. Yes. Uh, plus you have something over your face. And right now VR, most, most VR experiences are tethered to a computer. Uh, Oculus mm-hmm. Quest 2 is doing better about uh, breaking that connection. But we're almost at a point where VR is going to be simple. And what I mean by simple is that how you interact, how you put, when you put it on, you just get it. You understand it. You understand how it works. Mm-hmm. And um, p- the first thing I saw whenever I did VR demos is people would put their hands in front of their face, but there's no hand tracking. So they won't yeah. see anything. Right. Uh, but now we've got. Uh, really decent hand tracking coming from a number of uh, VR devices. And so hmm. uh, little by little, things are becoming more approachable for just the common, uh, any any common user. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't been developed yet where there's an actual monitor or television set that would give you some form of VR. I mean, is that is that something that's being worked on or is that kind of a pipe dream? Well, the problem with the TV uh, with depth perception is you can have something where you can sit down in your room and you can look into this other world. uh, But it has to keep track of where your eyes are. And when you have multiple people in the room, then it can't shift the image to give that depth perception. So that's where it breaks down is having more than one person. The, the solution to that is, okay, everybody wears 3D glasses, but then that has its own problems in itself. And we saw that industry kind of fall. <laughs> However, boy, did we. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is interesting in the horizon, though, is the augmented reality side of things where right. you can have multiple people and like, okay, I'm going to put this screen on the wall here and anybody else who has got these glasses on will be able to see that and things. And so we've done some uh, internal tests where Vex could go visit somebody in augmented reality. Hmm. Uh, and it's incredible stuff that's coming for sure. But uh, until then, yeah, it's AR seems to be more of the solution for that. 
is that how AR is going to work where, the, where there will be a screen or will the, will the image be right there on the glasses? The image will be on the glasses, but as far as the eye can tell, it's on any surface you put it. And because these are networked devices, anybody else wearing these glasses would also see the screen in the exact same place. Uh, I've done some mind-blowing demos with some other people with uh, early AR hardware mm-hmm. where you you leave a place and you're like, oh, crap, I left all the screens. Oh, wait, no, they don't actually exist there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I understand Apple seems to be um, supposedly uh, ahead of the game on that. We, I think so. The, the, the rumor mill certainly is pointing that way. When mm-hmm. you look at the patents that are flying and the money that is being yeah. spent, yeah. Uh, it certainly like, suggests like they have any money. Come on, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> We've seen a number of other companies take a, a good look at augmented reality, and uh, Meta, Facebook is definitely one of those players, and we've sure. seen. But uh, it's a really hard thing to do because you got to have all of that technology boiled down to a pair of glasses. Nobody mm-hmm. wants a bulky thing on their head. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I got an Oculus. I can't say I've used it more than a couple times. I mainly got it to look at client sites that are in VR as a broker, but I mean, I don't use it. And I, I don't know if other people are having the same experience. I, I think that that might be one of the biggest problems. Yeah. I call that the Nintendo Wii effect where everybody got a Nintendo Wii, played Wii sports, and then that was about it. Hmm. Oh well, hopefully, hopefully there will be there will be more and more for people to watch in uh, in VR, including viral play space. Um, so what are you looking forward to in the future as this whole thing evolves? Let's see it to become something that oh hey, I, I did this in VR, and somebody else is like oh yeah, I totally understand that right off the bat. It's 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 just as common to talk about as anything else, right? At least that's for me. What would you say, Vex, is something? Well, as someone who is looking forward to one day being a uh, licensed sex therapist, actually, Hmm. I look forward to the ways that VR has the potential to help people uh, specifically who may be dealing with things in real life, such as physical disability, uh, body or gender dysphoria, or any Mm -hmm. other type of issues, um, a whole new way to explore their sexuality. Makes sense. Well, Vex and Shift, I'd like to thank the both of you for being our guests today on Adult Side Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again soon. Thank you. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you. My broker tip today is part six of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the sales agreement. So now both you and the seller have signed the agreement. What comes next? There needs to be an escrow setup where you send the money, whether it be a one-time payment or a deposit, if you're going to be making payments. The seller, for their part, puts the assets of the sale into escrow, namely the domains being sold and any other tangible assets that can be put into escrow. Your attorney can give you more information on that. We recommend escrow domains for escrows. They're a firm out of Washington, D.C., and no, they're not paying me to say this. I just use them, trust them, and I'm delighted by the work they've done for us. Either an escrow agreement will be drawn up by them in the case of a custom escrow, or if it's a simple one, it can be set up on their website. Then you, the buyer, the seller, and the broker will be contacted by escrow domains with further instructions, such as wiring information. 
The escrow is open and either the deal closes within a matter of a few days or an inspection period is allowed. It all depends on what the agreement calls for. Whether you need an inspection period really depends on whether there's still some information you need to find out prior to the deal closing. Your broker and your attorney can advise you more on this and is on a case-by-case basis. Then the money is transferred, as are the domains, and the deal is closed. Now, in many cases, in fact, most of the time, the seller either stays on board for a period of time to help with the transition or is at least available on an on-call basis to answer questions. This is something most buyers should ask for. But at this point, you pretty much own the website. What do you do now? We'll talk about this subject more next week. And next week, we'll have a very special guest. We'll be speaking with Jay Stroud, the co-founder of AEBN. You don't want to miss that. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guests, Vex Ruby and Shift D of Viral Live Studio. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman. <laughs>